Welcome to it. Let's get it on. Let's do this thing. It is the 4th of May. May the 4th be with you. Happy Star Wars Day to you. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host for the next ish, hour-ish, little little short, little long. I don't know what it's going to be. It's just a matter of what comes out of my mouth and when my mouth, my brain says, mouth, shut up. Give it a rest, bro. But anyway. Thank you for downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that stuff. Please click the follow or subscribe or whatever the hell it's called wherever you get your podcasts. It's free. It's free. It doesn't even take a piece of your soul. There are a lot of them out there that secretly do that. You don't read the fine print. It's like the user agreement for iTunes. You don't read the fine print, but uh, they own you forever. Your eternal soul. It's theirs. Anyway, uh, please uh, check out patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast, especially today. There's a poll up there. It's for everybody. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to support the show, although you should. And thanks to everybody who supports the show. Got an email from one supporter who's upped her uh, support and said she didn't need a shout-out. But uh, I'm, I'm going to respect that. I'm going to respect that, Colleen. But thank you so much, and thanks to everybody out there. I didn't give a last name. I don't know. But uh, there's a poll up there about the future of the show. Over the next week or two, there's going to be various polls as these thoughts occur to me about what should I do? What do we do next? What would you do for a Klondike bar? So check it out. And like I say, it's it's open to everybody so you don't have to uh, subscribe or anything to... Uh, I just want some feedback. Or you could just email me. Whichever is more convenient. To the question of the day. Uh, at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. And, um, yeah, you could have a big influence over the show. People are messaging me about ways to do like Twitter, Twitter spaces. I got to experiment with this. I know that you can. I'm not sure the quality. I've got to sort of do some tests or whatever, but I would like, to, a lot of people are like emailing me going, I like the way when you interact with people, which I'm like the most antisocial person in the world. But, I am able to talk to people. It's surprising how few hosts can actually talk to anybody. I don't get it. I like, go, oh, okay, thanks for calling. Click, hang up, and then I'm going to respond to what you said rather than have a discussion with you. I grew up in an era when it was, you know, Rush Limbaugh. Have, you'd hang for like an hour on hold, but then you'd get a chance. He wouldn't just be a jerk and go, what's your question? All right, hang up and listen to me talk about it. No, you are the reason his show existed. You're the reason this show, you're the reason every show exists. You deserve the respect of not being shoved to the end of the show so you run out of time or have, spit out your question and then hang up and listen to it or whatever. And so I did leave people on hold for a while just because you anybody it, I think it's bad radio when somebody's on the phone so you immediately go to the phones, all right? finish your points and then take the calls. But I think we can probably set up something if there's an appetite for it and it would require some participants to have that sort of interaction on occasion. It's going to be difficult, but then there's going to be the question of the the calls, the video, the whatever. We're starting out. There's going to be a series of questions, so check it out, please. All right, so, you know, you wake up in the morning and I woke up to the news that, my God, there's been an attempt on the life of Vladimir Putin. That was the story out of Moscow. 
And then by the end of the day, nobody really cares, except for Russia. It's saber rattling over. Look, there's a lot of people out there that have a a um, desire and reason to try to kill Vladimir Putin. Don't even get me started. I don't know any. There, it just is. Also, there's a good incentive for Vladimir Putin to pretend to have an attempt on his life. Burning the Reichstag, anybody? Now, he's got a pretty good hold on power as it is, but there, I imagine, after this long war, more than a year of war against Ukraine, and they're still sort of at a stalemate, I would think that within Moscow, in the power structure there, there'd be a bit of an appetite for getting rid of Vlad, maybe ending this thing. Why? Because it would be a lot like us losing a war to Canada, right? Now, Ukraine is big geographically, not nearly as big as Russia, but it's big geographically. Canada is big geographically, but Russia, at least what we were told, and really, you got to wonder about all the scamming and all the ripping off that took place in Russia when it was the Soviet Union and after and since then, because they should have been able to roll over Ukraine with Soviet era crap if they just maintained it. But the money to build and maintain that stuff went somewhere. <laughs> it just doesn't seem to have gone into that. And then since the collapse of the Soviet Union, it seems as though the money to build and maintain the military didn't really exist all that much, didn't make it to where it was going. It's very interesting to see how this works out and how this plays out. But uh, the attempt on Vladimir Putin, honestly, who cares? <laughs> now, he's threatening nuclear revenge for daring to kill him. Now, I doubt it. I doubt it. I would like to... Here's my ideal scenario for this, and I don't know that it's true. Of course, I have no insights in this, but I would suspect that the attempt to kill Vladimir Putin came from within Moscow, and he is trying to take advantage of it. And if he were to try to, and I hope to God I'm right on this one, if he were to try to launch even a tactical battlefield nuclear attack, it would cause people who you know otherwise were fence sitters to go all right that's that's too far this is too much we are not going to bring the entire world to the brink of nuclear war over the freaking ukraine okay we're just not going to do it now maybe an ideal scenario well an ideal scenario is where vladimir putin is arrested and then put on trial for his war crimes in Russia. It's never going to be turned over to The Hague. Realistically, though, history has shown us that keeping despots alive for very long, even in custody, is um, dangerous because they have supporters. They have people who are loyal to them. In order for even the absolute justified arrest of Vladimir Putin to work, you have got to make a, uh, a serious move against a lot, a lot, a lot of the heads of the Hydra, right? You've got to take out a bunch of those snake heads in order to succeed. And I don't know if there's that kind of appetite for it. So we shall see. I just find it very interesting that this was the big story upon wake up and then it kind of petered out.
It can it, it, I mean, it'll be talked about. It'll still be up there. But it's so bizarre that the as much time on the potential for a nuclear war. Yeah, there was the shooting down in Atlanta, and that guy, as of this recording, is still at large. There was the capture of the illegal alien who killed five people down in Cleveland, Texas. I think it was called. And down in Texas, got them. Got him. He was hiding under a pile of dirty laundry, um, which I, I kind of, if I was betting on that one, I would have said that guy was 500 miles deep into Mexico by now. But I guess if you're the kind of jackass who murders five people, including a nine-year-old child, because they asked you to stop shooting your gun outside their house, you probably are wanted somewhere in Mexico and or wanted dead by some people in Mexico. Let's face it, the first 50 miles at least of Mexico are controlled by the cartels. You probably ticked off a lot of people along the way. It just There aren't very many people who are like, it's a joy to be around. And then one day he just started shooting people. No, there's a whole lot of, that guy was a jerk. He was a monster. He was. He, uh, we tried to avoid him. He ticked off a lot of people. He committed a lot of crimes, whatever it is. They did that kind of stuff. So I'm not sure. Maybe he couldn't run to Mexico. Maybe the, maybe Mexico was too hot for him. But they got him. He's going to. It's Texas. So hopefully he will uh, meet the electric chair or the injection or whatever the hell they do to people within the week. Okay, it won't be that quick. But it'll be quicker than it is everywhere else. You always see these reports. So this, the state put this person to death for a murder they committed in 1987. Like, what the hell is going on? Two lifetimes of people. They've lived, at this point, they're going to die of old age. Let's just get real about this. Anyway, that was a, by the way, the illegal alien story was a big story on Fox because there were five Americans murdered by an illegal alien. And it was a mass shooting, which Democrats initially reported on them once they found out over at MSNBC that there was an illegal alien involved. They lost the interest in it. And therefore, his capture wasn't mentioned in prime time on MSNBC. It was happening live in, in the 9 o'clock hour last night. And they didn't talk about it at all on MSNBC or CNN. Because why? Because how does that help Democrats? They spent a whole lot of time talking about Tucker's text messages, which is another big story that somehow weirdly managed to be a bigger story than Vladimir Putin's assassination attempt or alleged assassination attempt. Tucker's text. This is no way for a white man. White men don't fight this way or whatever it is. I know Tucker. I can swear to you, promise you, that Tucker Carlson is not a racist. Tucker Carlson talks the way that normal people talk all the time. All the time, honest to God, he does. The way he talks on his show, the way he talked on his show, is the way he talks in there. There's a little bit more peppery language or salty language, or however you want to do it, as an F-bomb occasionally. But Tucker is not the type of guy who goes out and causes trouble he does like trouble he does live when i was single and uh, even when i was just dating my wife he'd, he'd get kicks out of my drunk stories he'd get kicks out of my past drunk stories he didn't drink anymore he hadn't drank in more than a decade before i ever met him 
but he still got a kick out of it. He didn't smoke, but he smoked vicariously. He drank vicariously. He always liked hearing the stories. And we're always happy to tell him. But uh, so what is the Tucker Carlson text message? Because you're not getting, you get one sentence from it about this is how a white guy fights. And that's horribly, wildly racist. It's a private conversation. It's about Antifa. It was sent the day after the January 6th riots, and it was to a producer. Now, here's what it says in its entirety. You can decide for yourself how big of a hate crime this is. He texted, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching a video of people fighting in the streets in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded by an Antifa kid, or surrounded an Antifa kid, and started pounding the living S out of him. It was three against one, at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. I don't care about those things. If I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? End quote. That's the entirety of the text. All you hear in the headlines, all you hear on uh, cable news is uh, this. It's not how white men fight. It's not how white men fight. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, I would just ask you to look up any video from the past. Nah, you know what? You don't even have to. Forget it. Ignore that part of it. It's irrelevant. It's a throwaway line. You can assign your own level of truthfulness to it. It doesn't matter. But what Tucker is saying there is he's watching this guy get the crap kicked out of him and going, yeah, kick the crap out of that guy. Screw that guy. Who the hell does that guy think he is? And then he realized, my God, I'm no better than they are. I'm just as bad as they are. I don't want to be just as bad as they are. And he stops and he pulls himself back from that precipice. And he recognizes the humanity of that person. Now, you can have a problem with that. You can have, you think that that was the greatest thing ever, but that is what's going on in that text message. How is that a scandal? It is not. None of the videos that they've released of Tucker in between takes on his show is anything close to a scandal. And there's a lot of people out there, some of them making a lot of money, wildly speculating that it's Fox News leaking these things. It's Fox News leaking these things. I don't see how Fox News leaking video of their former top star saying that their Fox Nation subscription site sucks and is really poorly run and and bad interface. I don't see how that helps Fox News. There's nothing damaging in any of these videos. There's nothing embarrassing. There's nothing, nothing related to them. So it's very bizarre that it would be, I don't know, considered anything related to Tucker as far as scandal goes. And so... Where else would this have come from? Well, I have an idea. I have a suggestion. I don't know that it's true or not, but if I were to try to look for someone to 
blame, someone to question, somebody to maybe think might have had something to do with this, I would look just uh, hypothetically. Somebody maybe suing the network, trying to get a big settlement, a disgruntled former employee who over the course of that person's, uh, let's just pretend they're a woman, employment was unhappy there and grabbed everything they could because they record all of these outtakes. You grab all the raw footage you can, thinking somehow this will give you leverage in the future. And then they would leak it to a group called Media Matters. It would probably be somebody with an established relationship with leftist media outlets, let's say somebody who appeared on MSNBC or what have you. I don't know if this person exists or not, but if I were looking for somebody to point the finger of blame at, that's where I would put it. Not at Fox, no big fan of Fox or any large corporation, but it just doesn't seem like there's anything in it for Fox. Seems like there's stuff in it for other people. This is my two cents. Take it for what it's worth. All right, now on to, um, well, the Atlanta shooter has been captured. I'm surprised the guy was captured. What is it with these people being captured alive? At, uh, you know, there's... I get that they're the people that aren't taken alive who do these things. You know, I don't get them like, oh, my God, what the hell's wrong with you? What kind of confession is this, Derek? But if you are insane and you're going to go down with the ship or you're willing to die for whatever, it is, uh, that, okay, you go, that person's crazy. These people being taken alive means that they'd hoped to escape, that they thought it through, that they are not mentally unstable. They're evil. There's a difference between mentally unstable and evil. And you'd say, well, there's a Venn diagram. And, and of course, Kamala Harris would get really excited at the prospect. There's a Venn diagram where there's a, a big overlap between the two. Okay, sure, fine. But these people are... You know, they, it, they snapped or whatever, or it was nothing. They just don't care about human life, and they can just kill people and shoot people randomly and then go about their business, try to escape. The trying to escape shows a, uh, a forethought and an afterthought and, and thought in general, not some sort of instability. I mean, granted, the shooting is an act of instability, but it shows, like, go oh, to hell with it. Screw these people. It's not because I'm going to die or I'm insane and I want to kill and die. No, it is, you know what, I want these people dead. For whatever reason, I want them dead. And they don't want to get the hell out of here. It's not suicide by cop. It's very interesting. We'll see what it ends up being the motive down in Atlanta. I don't know what it is. As of yet, the story is literally happening as I am talking to you. I think there's a press conference with the Atlanta police. So uh, if it matters, if it's still the news tomorrow, which I doubt it will still be in the news tomorrow because, well, quite frankly, the shooter is, uh, or sorry, the alleged shooter is in the wrong group of human beings, the wrong configuration of human beings, and therefore most of the media will not care about it tomorrow, and they'll move on. It's just like the just like the shooting down in Texas. Oh, it's an illegal alien. MSNBC doesn't care about it. But uh, speaking of shootings, this is very interesting and telling. The Nashville shooting, the trans 
killer. There's been a lot of those lately. They don't get much coverage, but the latest trans killer, the manifesto. Where is the manifesto? Why have they not released the manifesto? Well, we are now slung a new line of BS as to why we have not seen the manifesto of the trans killer in Nashville. And it is that media organizations or other groups are suing to force the release of the trans manifesto. Now, if that doesn't make any sense to you, you're not alone. The Daily uh, Wire has a story. Luke Rosiak, whose book you can win autographed. Yeah, that's right, this week. The headline is, Nashville police refuse to release school shooters' manifesto citing pending lawsuit. The subheadline, Nashville Metro's legal division made the decision that shrouds attacks motives as uh, the, the same body works with Democrats to cast shooting as being about guns. And they can't say that it's an unhinged trans person because there is no unhinged trans person. If you say you're trans, you are a trans. You are whatever gender it is you declare yourself to be. And anyone questioning that, unless the Republican state legislator does it, anyone questioning that is in the commission of a hate crime or something like that. Don't seek logic in the ways of the left. So the story, Nashville police have backtracked on plans to release the so-called manifesto of the trans school shooter who last month killed six people, including three children, citing a pending lawsuit. The decision, announced Wednesday, comes amid uh, substantial public pressure to release the documents, believed to lay out the motive of the 28-year-old shooter who was killed by police inside the Covenant School to end the March 27th attack. Metro Nashville Police Department officials notified the public in a terse statement, quote, due to pending litigation filed this week, the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department has been advised by counsel to hold in abeyance the release of records related to the shooting at the Covenant School pending orders or direction of the court. Read the statement, end quote. That's it. That's the whole statement. Now that is... Um, <laughs> Amazing. So, we cannot release this document because releasing this document would preemptively resolve lawsuits filed against us for the release of this document. Therefore, we're going to hold this document that we were allegedly about to release until we are ordered by a court to do so. Now, what's funny is the Daily Wire is amongst many of the organizations that filed suit to release this. It's been, it's been two months to release the damn thing. What the hell is going on here? We know that if, 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 if the guy were a, or the girl, whatever the hell, it was a girl, real girl, were a conservative in any way, shape, or form, if they'd ever been photographed wearing a red hat, a cardinal's hat from the back, and it was, it was a MAGA hat, you know they would have had the entirety of the social media footprint out there and everything down to, you know, the their baby teeth released to the media inside of a couple of hours. But because it's one of their team, they suddenly lose all interest. Transparency, the name of, in the name of democracy, protect democracy. These people are nothing but a bunch of frauds and uh, dangerous people at that. They are, they are the threats to democracy. We have to destroy the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court has been destroyed. Well, what kind of sense does that make? How has the Supreme Court been destroyed? They took away a right. 
Now, they ruled on a court case, okay? The states can do whatever the hell they want. That's not enough. The left have fetishized, and realistically, it's the best fundraising tool the Democrats have ever come up with was the Dobbs decision, to be perfectly honest with you. If the Supreme Court were a blindly political institution run by right-wingers who are only interested in advancing a Republican agenda, they could have easily punted on the Dobbs case and Roe. They could have. They could have split the thing in half and said, oh, more restrictions. They could have done any sort of thing that they wanted. And that would have been a boon to Democratic fundraising and Republican fundraising. But they didn't. They decided the case is on the merit, knowing full well that likely the, that, well, knowing full well that the entirety of the left-wing establishment would go absolutely crazy, soil themselves. And Democrats would have a fr- flush of energy and money, the likes of which they'd never seen. Which one is more political? See, but if you read the Dobbs decision, and I recommend you read the Dobbs decision for yourself, it's not that long. Some of it's legalese, but you can figure it out. It's not that complicated. Find a flaw in it. In fact, print it out. <clears throat> and if you're going to be somewhere where liberals are going to be, and wherever there are liberals, whenever they're going to be, and they're noted as liberals, somebody will bring up abortion. Pull the decision out of your pocket and challenge them. Say, all right, well, if they, or if they're starting to whine about the Supreme Court, just pull out the Dobbs decision and say, okay, here is the Dobbs decision. Read it. You can read it aloud, or you can take a minute and step aside and read it to yourself, what have you, but read it, and then tell me what they got wrong. I get that you don't like the conclusion, but it doesn't really matter. The court is not there to give you decisions, anybody decisions they like. They are to rationally, through the law as written, judge things based on the Constitution as written and see if they drive. So you go ahead and you read this and you tell me, not that you think it's wrong, tell me why you think it's wrong. And be specific. I'll give you a highlighter if you need one. And you will discover that accuracy, facts, and logic are, in fact, the kryptonite for the left because they will have no argument. You can even have fun and print up some of the dissents. You can say, all right, go ahead and find me where the case in law they're arguing is wrong. And it was, well, it's precedent. Okay, so what? So it's been decided Okay, it doesn't mean it was decided correctly the first time, and you could go through a whole bunch of precedences that had been overturned at later times, what have you. I mean, you could really go down this rabbit hole. But most importantly, whenever a leftist is declaring something to be, make sure you differentiate for the audience there, because it'll really tick them off. The difference between a legal opinion and their personal Opinions. They can think all they want that abortion should be legal up until the kid collects Social Security, and they're free to that opinion. It is not a legal opinion. That is not a rational opinion. It is not one that they could justify in any way, shape, or form via the Constitution or federal law. You could also ask them why it was that Democrats in the ensuing 50 years of Roe never once bothered to codify it into law but campaigned regularly, even though Democrats had complete control of government on many occasions, including the first two years 
of the Obama administration, nine months of which, at a minimum, they had a supermajority in the United States Senate and could have passed any damn thing they wanted and they didn't even bother to try on this one. But you'd say, well, why if why didn't they bother? And you can say, well, then why did they campaign on Republicans' war on women? Republicans have declared a war on women, and Republicans seek to restrict abortion. They want to overturn Roe v. Wade. They want to. Do, they campaigned on everything. All these Republican boogeymen are coming for your right to an abortion. Never once did any of these Democrats bother to try and codify this quote-unquote right into federal law. You might ask your friends why that might be. And then you can go, oh, well, I guess it's because of all the money. And then you start to connect dots that are wildly inconvenient. Anyways, back to things that are wildly inconvenient. The story from the Daily Wire. Several media outlets, including the Daily Wire, have filed freedom of information requests in an effort to win release of the documents. The requests were denied with authorities citing a provision that allows them to withhold records relating to an ongoing case. But late last month, police officials said they were preparing to make the papers public. Now, how do you prepare to make papers public? You you redact them, theoretically, I suppose, but these are not government documents. There's no sources and methods, and oh my goodness, we're going to jeopardize people's lives if the American public... No, this is purely a political exercise. Purely a political exercise. And I'll tell you, the initial thing, and I commented on this at the time, citing provisions, quite... Quote, with authorities citing a provision that allows them to withhold records relating to an ongoing case. The shooter is dead, been ventilated by the police already on a spit in hell, and that's a wonderful thing. So what kind of ongoing case would there be? There's really only a, a one or maybe two options. Off the top of my head, you'd think that the person didn't act alone or that there was somebody who had foresight of it, and that maybe in the... The manifesto, they tell you, and my friend Bob is totally down with me killing. No, no, that's highly unlikely because if there were other people cited or other people implicated by this in any way, shape, or form that was serious or actionable or even worthy of investigation, there would have been arrests by now. More importantly, there would have been leaks by now. There hasn't even been a hint that there could have been somebody else involved in this. It's the tranny killer, period, end of story. So what sort of ongoing case could there possibly be? That's a, that's a question. That's not a rhetorical question. It's a legit question. There doesn't seem to be one. But they can say it. Why? Because they're policing. We can't comment on We can't release it because uh, it's uh, part of an ongoing investigation. Well, uh, uh, the person involved is dead. What are you investigating? Well, we can't talk about ongoing investigation, so I can't even tell you what we're investigating. Now, if that sounds like a big steaming pile of bovine excrement, you are beginning to smell what the rock is cooking. The litigation, according to the story, cited by the department appears to refer to a lawsuit filed by the Tennessee Firearms Association asserting that the police had wrongfully denied its public records request. Ironically, that would mean that the department was refusing to release the records because it's being sued for refusing to release the records, even though the lawsuit would presumably become moot 
saving taxpayers money if police chief John Drake followed through with the pledge he made to Governor Bill Lee. Quote, the Covenant shooting was a tragedy beyond comprehension and Tennesseans need clarity. We've been in touch with the National Police Department, Nashville Police Department, and today Chief Drake assured me that the documents and information regarding the shooter will be released to the public very soon, Lee, a Republican, said on April 27th. That's, a, that's more than a week ago for those of you playing the home game. And still we don't know. Because why? Because they don't want you to know. And the only things they don't want you to know, everything they don't want you to know, are things inconvenient to Democrats. Things inconvenient to Democrats. There are whistleblowers out there all over the place about the Biden family, and there isn't one single person in the media who gives a damn about it, who's at all interested in trying to find out what the hell is going on or who knew what and when. It's an amazing, amazing trick that these people pull off. They are the very definition of corrupt. They truly are. And yet nothing is going to stop these people. They used to used to have shame. People used to go, oh, geez, I don't really, if I get caught with this, I'm going to, I just can't, or what have you, whatever it is. Shame, embarrassment. But we don't have that anymore. We don't have that anymore. James Comer, Congressman Comer, and Chuck Grassley, Senator Grassley, have now gotten themselves a whistleblower. You want to talk about some, some big news that is not being covered again. Potentially, you'd think Democrats, if they really truly believe that the Biden family has just been the victim of a witch hunt, those evil, dastardly Republicans, they're so mean, they're just going after the sweet Biden family, all they do when they get together is sing Kumbaya and pray for world peace and these evil Republicans. Are, if they thought there truly was nothing there, maybe I'll write about this for Sunday. If these media people really believe that there is no there there as they profess regularly, then they should be going full bore on these stories, like the one I'm about to tell you, so they might embarrass Republicans, right? Disprove them. Dispro I get it. It's not the job of a journalist to disprove something, but it's not the job of a journalist to ignore inconvenient things either. If they could get their hands on these stories and, and go after them and disprove them and make Republicans look stupid, my God, they would, uh, they would honor those journalists just like they did Woodward and Bernstein, if not more so. They'd mention them in their prayers to their government god right along Mussolini, Stalin, and Hitler. Here's the letter sent to Merrick Garland, Attorney General, and Christopher Wray, Director of the FBI. Dear Attorney General Garland and Director Wray, we have received legally protected and highly credible unclassified whistleblower disclosures based now this whistleblowers democrats love whistleblowers that's alexander vindman remember that guy the little pudgy military guy who heard the call or read the transcript and said this is my god he's threatening sweet sweet nourishing uh, ukrainians there's never been a purer group of people the guy was allegedly offered the job of secretary of defense of ukraine he should have taken it 
But he got a best-selling book out of it. So, and he got a guest shot on Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> Back to the letter. Based on those disclosures, it has come to our attention that the Department of Justice and Federal Bureau of Investigation possess an unclassified FD-1023 form, government forms, that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice Pre- President Joe Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. It has been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. Now, this is a pretty big deal. Chuck Grassley, I know less about James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Committee over there, but Chuck Grassley is one of the elder statesmen of the Senate. He has never been seen as a bomb thrower or a lunatic or everything that the left talks about. Chuck Grassley is just not that kind of crazy right winger. Chuck Grassley is not what they say. Maybe occasionally in campaigns against him, but the people of Iowa never fall for it. So you're dealing with somebody who has some credibility, some gravitas, a pair, and some the credibility to go along with it, that when somebody like a Chuck Grassley says something like this, it normally would make waves. And they didn't even make a little ripple. Back to the letter. It's a very short letter. Based on the alleged specificity within the document, it would appear that the DOJ and the FBI have enough information to determine the truth and accuracy of the information contained within it. However, it remains unclear what steps, if any, were taken to investigate the matter. The significant public interest in assessing the FBI's response to this information as well as growing concern about the DOJ and FBI's track record of allowing political bias to infect their decision-making process necessitate exacting congressional oversight. Last paragraph. That's that's a pretty pretty well-written paragraph. Last paragraph. The DOJ and the FBI appear to have valuable, verifiable information that you have failed to disclose to the American people. Therefore, Congress will proceed to conduct an independent and objective review of this matter, free from those allegiances, uh, free from those agencies' influence. Transparency brings accountability. Signed, Chuck Grassley and James Comer. They have issued a subpoena for all documents mentioning Biden from June of whatever year. it was. I can't remember. I can't find the thing for what year it is. They are going after it. This is a major story. There is a lot of other information. There is clear information now that the president of the United States, when he was a candidate, lied about having met with Hunter's business associates never talked to never talked never once talked to anybody about their businesses their overseas business why the hell were you meeting with them hey when he's rolling in a conga line of Ukrainians did you ever stop to think that why is it that this guy knows a bunch of Ukrainians why is he bringing me a bunch of Ukrainians uh he's never been to Ukraine he doesn't speak Ukrainian and they sure have a lot of interests in U.S. foreign policy. That's weird. Did that ever cross? Well, honestly, Joe could always plead wild ignorance. It is 
Joe Biden, after all. But it's very interesting that this is what's happening now, and the rest of the media is ignoring this. They are ignoring this. Fox reported on it on Brett Baer's show. But that's it. You won't see a long Rachel Maddow monologue about this. Lawrence O'Donnell will not say, stop the damn hammering and stop lying about... No. Instead, you'll hear the Morning Joe gang talk about, man, they've been going after this guy and this family from the beginning. These Republicans are relentless. For fi- The White House released a statement that said, for five years, these Republicans have been spreading horrible lies about this, administ- this family and all their love. And, le- and I'm like, give me a break. Spare me. Here's a perfect opportunity. If there is no, here's a question to ask your liberal friends. Here's a question to ask your Democratic representatives. If you live where a Democrat is a representative, say, well, this sounds like a perfect opportunity to really discredit Republicans, really discredit Republicans in a lasting and, and stinging kind of way. Because if you just say, all right, here's all the documents and there's nothing in there, there's nothing to it. And how dare you even imply that Joe Biden is just a a loving father and a wonderful man. You would make Republicans look like idiots. It's a perfect time. It's a golden opportunity for you. Why wouldn't you avail yourself of it? If there's no there there, throw open the books, give them all the papers that they want and let the chips fall where they may, and then just sit there and go, ha, 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 you saw there was going to be something in this shoebox, and there was nothing in this shoebox. You fool. They don't do it. Why? Now, it's weird, because these very same people were, what, for five, six years, even to this day, still going, oh, the Russia, the steel dossier, Russia controlled. They still spew these lies. They still spew these lies. And there's nothing to back it up. In fact, there's everything to prove otherwise because government-funded people with a desperation to, quote-unquote, nail Trump, to get Trump, came up empty. Came up empty. Yet they're still spewing those lies. The shoe is on the other foot, and it is completely turned around. Now it's, well, these Republicans, these dastardly, they're just so mean to these damned Democrats. All Joe does is love his kids. You mean, excuse me, you mean he loves his kids like showering with Ashley? Hey, none of that, none of that, none of that. Yeah, they're gross, gross people in every sense of the word. Every single sense of the word. Now we've got a couple of clips from Karine Jean-Pierre. My God, she's so historic. So historic. She sucks at her job. She's historic at that, too. But that's not what they mean when they talk about her being wildly historic. She was asked two things. Well, I'll play you two. The third one, meh. She was asked about East Palestine. Remember that East Palestine, Ohio? The story kind of went away. I told you the story was going to go away. And Joe Biden still hasn't gone there. But Joe Biden said he was going there after being forced to say he was going there, after saying, why would I go there? I'm sending other people there. They vote Republican. They don't really count. I mean, they're American technically, but as far as having the respect of any Democrat or the concerns of any Democrats on the face of the earth, um, they vote wrong. 
And so the illegal aliens coming across the border have more respect and more concern from Democrats than the people, the Americans of East Palestine, Ohio. Well, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about this from a USA Today reporter, I think, which I'm sure they're catching hell about, because it is interesting. He's going to go. It's been two, three months now. I mean, we're well past the point of um, people forgetting about this. And that's exactly what Democrats wanted. It's what Democrats are desperately in need of. But somebody brought it up, and Corinne Jean-Pierre had to squirm around like a, I don't know, a maggot that fell out of a pile of poop. Listen to her. Scheduling questions. Um, the president said in March that he was going to visit East Palestine, Ohio, at some point to review the recovery from the train derailment. Any update on that? And um, tomorrow is the president holding any events for a National Day of Prayer? And events for a National Day of Prayer? I don't have a, in front of me what the president's going to be doing tomorrow. I'm trying to think what tomorrow is. We'll certainly share that uh, in the next couple of hours, what his day uh, will look like tomorrow. So you all will have that as you normally uh, do. So that is uh, the normal here. Um, so as the president said, he will go uh, to East Palestine. I don't have any travel plans at this time uh, to announce uh, from here. Uh, just to remind all everyone, the president at his direction, federal teams have been on the ground in East Palestine to support response efforts and hold North's, North's uh, Southern accountable. Uh, they went door to door uh, to check on families. Uh, they were monitoring the air. Uh, they've, they're investigating the cause of derailment, and the Department of Justice is suing Norfolk Southern uh, to seek damages and hold them accountable. And that has been our, our commitment uh, to the community of East Palestine and will continue to be. And when we have uh, travel to share, certainly we'll do that. He's not going, and how the hell dare you bring that up? You shut your mouth. You're off the script. Just a basic question. Hey, what, what's he doing tomorrow for the National Day of Prayer? I don't know. Uh, who? What? I mean, he's a damn devout Catholic. Am I right? Am I right? I love the way that she she first mispronounces Norfolk Southern. She's reading, by the way. She flipped. to You could hear it. She flipped in the binder to the pages that had to do with East Palestine. And we sent all sorts of people there at his direction, at his direction. Oh, you mean people are doing their jobs, what they're supposed to do? I mean, his direction, is he a hero for for that? Um, but they also are suing North Southern. She later got it right when she said Norfolk Southern the second time. But she first said North Southern because she's a moron, like honestly. She is one of the few people, like Kamala Harris is the only Democrat who could make Joe Biden look good. Like people would go look at her and go, oh, good Lord. But then they go, well, at least we don't have her. She's close, but we got Joe. Joe's got his problems, but at least he's not her. With Corinne Jean-Pierre, it's the same sort of thing. Oh, boy, she's dumb. And that makes Joe Biden, by proxy, seem smart. Kind of weird, isn't it? Surround yourself with enough dumb people and suddenly you're a genius. You surround yourself with a whole bunch of short people and suddenly you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. God help us. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, we got one more of her, one more of her. We got Title 42 ending. I told you last week about reports that they're expecting 10,000 illegal aliens a day, more than 10,000, actually. That's a basement 
of 10,000 illegal alien encounters per day over there at the southern border. And Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked just a basic question. What's amazing to me is I get it if, like, Peter Ducey goes off and, like, really hammers. It doesn't happen all that often, but when he does, he can do a, a very effective job of it. Or every once in a while, some other reporter will, if only by accident, ask a legitimate question because they can no longer ignore it. Maybe they have a conscience or maybe whatever. Somebody's like, slow news day, get us something. God, give it. we need more traffic. Whatever the case is. Even if it's hate traffic from the right, give us something. But in general, the questions that she stumbles over are general questions, basic questions about normal ongoing policy activities that she absolutely cannot handle in any way, shape, or form. It's embar- you're embarrassed for her. It's like, my God, what in the hell are you talking about, woman? Why can't you just say, here's what we're going to, here's, you're a week away from something that has been in the news for six months about ending Title 42. Hey, what are the administration's plans? Well, I really wasn't expecting a trick question like this. If you're really going to try and put on a, but no, she just fumbles through it in the most incompetent way ever. Well, I guess she fumbles through it in a historically incompetent way. Listen to it. You mentioned that the administration is preparing for what is to come or what will occur after Title 42 lifts. Can you describe or provide some detail as to what the White House is anticipating when this COVID era border restriction expires? I'm not going to look. We know, um, and I've said this, we have tools that are in front of us that the president's going to use. Um, to, to deal with what we are seeing at the border. And this is something that uh, the president has taken initiative on since the beginning of this administration. And we want to do this in a safe, orderly, and humane way. That has been kind of the mantra of how we see moving forward with uh, the immigration system. Does that make, I mean, aside from being completely unprepared, ill-prepared for that, and seemingly unaware and familiar with the issue, what she ends up belching out is so wildly incoherent and stupid. You just sit there and you go, you're, you're a highly paid professional, right? You're not the most highly paid person in all of, of PR, but you do have probably the most high profile job in all of public relations. And you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You don't know something that has been in national news for, I don't know, Six months, this Title 42 business, six months at a minimum. And you just suddenly go, well, geez, I don't even know. Uh, Title 42, is that is that the sequel to 42nd Street? I, I, don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. How does this person have a job? Then you realize what I've said, what I've written in a column before, and what I've said on the show before, never hire anybody who would be a lawsuit to fire. She wouldn't necessarily be a lawsuit to fire. She would be a fecal storm from the left if she were fired. They have so conditioned their own base to go, She. it doesn't matter how bad she is. She's really only bad at the job because of white supremacy or something stupid like that. I, they find all kinds of excuses because it couldn't possibly be that she's just bad at the job. So if the Biden administration were to, even for their own benefit, invite her to leave, they would catch hell for it. 
The Alphabet Mafia. We go, one of our own was fired. She's got a job until she doesn't want a job. She has a job until she doesn't want a job because you cannot fire her. Not you as in a normal human being, but the Biden administration, this White House, cannot fire her. She was too hyped as historic. Too hyped as historic. The only thing she brings to the table is that historic nature. She cannot be fired because of it. If she were not historic, if she were just a you know a black woman who happens to be gay who has this job, and she sucked at it, she could be fired. But she has been celebrated. She has gotten magazine pro. She has already gotten more glowing magazine photo spreads than the former first lady who was an actual freaking model got for the four years that she was first lady of the United States. She's already gotten more. Karine Jean-Pierre, fashion. I'm surprised she wasn't at the Met Gala. Bet she had to be told, you can't, just just don't do it. It'll look too bad. Don't go to the Met Gala. Maybe she snuck in through the back door. Who the hell knows? Uh, I want to read you something I find wildly amusing. Because if you want to know what Democrats are doing or are planning to do, all you really have to do is listen to what they deny that they would ever do. That they, it's beyond the pale. How dare you even suggest such a thing? We would never, in a million slippery slope, when it came to gay marriage, it was, hey, there's, uh, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of other. No, 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 no. Gay marriage is it. Gay marriage is the end all be all. And you go, all right, well, okay, you got gay marriage. Now they're going, well, now a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. And there's, you know, 10 trillion unlimited genders and pronouns and everything. And like, wait a second. You just said that this was, this was all you wanted. Nope, it doesn't matter. And now they've, of course, created the concept of a minor attracted person, which is a way to normalize pedophiles while they're saying, we're not grooming. How dare you say, come on, little 12-year-olds and 7-year-olds and 5-year-olds, get right up front so you can see the fake, how how far back you have to tuck a penis to be a drag queen. It's just a drag queen story hour where there's going to be a little bit of striptease. I mean, this is, this, this is standard preschool fare. So if you want to know what they're trying to do, what they're doing, take a look at A, what they're accusing Republicans of doing, and B, what they deny they would ever, ever do. Back on February 23rd, nearly February, there was this story is everywhere. Democrats are banning gas stoves. They're looking to ban gas stoves. And what happened? Everybody oh, left MSNBC. Oh, God, Lord. We would never. We had guest after guest after guest on MSNBC telling us there's no way. Nobody's talking about this. a right winger. Look, it was a, a note and a draft piece of rules that somebody just misinterpreted. It's wildly stupid. How dare you even suggest it? God, you Republicans are so stupid. So on February 3rd, 2023, you don't even have to really get in the Wayback Machine. This time, you just look in the rearview mirror. Senator Chuck Schumer, leader of the Democrats in the United States Senate, tweeted out the following, quote, Nobody is taking away your gas stove. Shameless and desperate MAGA Republicans are showing us they will cook up any distraction to divert from real issues the American people want solved, like the debt ceiling. End quote. Chuck Schumer, well, he's in a position to know. He's one of the leadership of the Democratic Party. If he says nobody's talking about your gas stove, then nobody must be talking about your gas stove. Am I right? 
Smash cut to today, New York Times headline. New York to ban natural gas, including gas stoves and new buildings. Boy, just imagine what that headline would be if they were actually going to ban... Wait, no, the headline actually says that they're going to ban gas stoves. The subheadline, Governor Kathy Hochul announced a state budget deal on Thursday with the first statewide ban on the use of natural gas in new buildings. Clean burning natural gas, but the left doesn't like it because they say it's not efficient enough. Isn't that weird? <laughs> because nothing's ever going to... It's about control. They don't want nuclear power, which is wildly efficient and has zero emissions because it's too dangerous. Nobody's ever died of it in this country, but yeah. The story, New York may soon become the first state, and the first state is key because this is how it works. Stupidity spreads like a cold on a plane. California or New York or, God forbid, someplace in between does something wildly stupid, so-called progressive, and a whole bunch of other municipalities go, well, we don't want to be the last ones to be doing that, and they all scramble to follow suit. New York may be the uh, may soon become the first state in the nation to ban natural gas and new constructions under a budget deal announced by Governor Kathy Hochul. Now you may be asking yourself, why the hell is uh, natural gas part of a budget deal? What does that have to? It doesn't matter. Every time Democrats pass any piece of legislation, it is an opportunity for them to cram in anything they want and try and screw over as many people as possible. They just push wish list items through that have nothing to do with the issue at hand. The proposal revealed on Thursday night has been a priority for environmental groups who see it as a critical step in reducing New York's dependence on fossil fuels and helping it meet its emissions reduction goals. But it was opposed by the oil and gas industry and treated skeptically by some consumers. Not to mention all the damn lying done about it by the mainstream media. They're never going to come for your gas stove. Environmental groups warned that the details of the plan were still unclear and said they worried it may contain a provision that would allow local governments to effectively veto measures. God forbid people. These people love centralized control and they live in fear of people being able to, I don't know, make their own decisions. Sick, sick people. Kathy Hochul appeared on television to talk about this and she talks look banning gas stoves it's just a it's just the next step in transition new york you're being transitioned from a state that nominally functions to one that won't you're going to tuck it back real far and then kathy hochel is going to come along with a weed whacker and take it right off here's your governor but we just like we had to go from deck you know long time ago can transition from coal as your energy source. We do yeah. have to transition. There are clean energy alternatives. It's going to take time. And I want to make sure that New Yorkers don't get hit hard for the cost. So we're going to roll this out. But new buildings that are going up, they can find, they can go electric, they can do heat pumps. This is how you transition. This is how you transition. They can go electric. They can do, yeah, okay, so everybody's got to go electric in their heating as well as their regular electricity and all of their cooking and all of their cars. And you can barely make the existing grid work as is. So you ever seen a really hot summer day when all the air conditioners are on and the wires, the power lines down the side of the road are really drooping? You go, wow, they almost look like jump ropes. That's because they're running hot. 
a lot more electricity demand is being sucked through them, causes them to get really hot. That's why they're insulated. But they do droop. They do expand. Well, a lot of times in states like well, California, they cannot meet demand. They've created demand. They've forced demand by cutting, shutting down all of their nuclear power plants, for example. So they have to have, what, more coal-burning fire uh, coal burning generators, power plants. They won't allow anybody to dam a river because a salmon might want to go and get laid up river. You can't have that. So what happens is they have rolling blackouts and brownouts. They can't meet the demand. They've created more demand and they're creating more demand and they're still not able to meet the current demand. Well, New York said, that's a good idea. Hold my beer. Let's increase demand going forward for electricity and then make sure that we don't have any no nuclear power plants we can't have the supply and no way to make the supply you're never going to get the ability to make a new coal-fired power generator plant in new york absolutely not and you sit there and you do go well this is new york they're just stupid screw them until you realize that they will suck energy electricity from the states surrounding it too it's not just new york going down that will have problems they will draw from the federal grid they will draw from nearby grids and they will screw over the states that border new york and then the states that border the states that border new york because why because in the name of progress or something like that so soon these idiots are going to have a world where everybody's forced to buy a Tesla and they're going to have to also buy the sale package to shoot up through the sunroof because there's not going to be enough electricity to generate to charge the damn thing. But don't worry, Democrats swore to us and you can show them the clips from three, four months ago that they would never, never go after natural gas. They'd never go after gas stove. They would never do that. This is stupid. It's another right wing. Oh, wait, no, they're doing it. Can't trust Democrats as far as you can throw them. You shouldn't. You should treat throwing Democrats like you're an 80 year old man with a bad back. Don't try to throw them. They are lying to you. Just as a good rule of thumb, they're lying to you. If they say hello to you, don't believe them. Anyway, that is enough for today. I say please check out the survey or shoot me an email, your thoughts on the first question related to the potential future of the podcast. Appreciate your supports. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or email me Derek Allen Hunter at gmail.com. I suppose you can con you can like write a post on uh, the locals page too, but the actual survey where all you have to do is really click a button is at Patreon and you can comment as well to expand on it or shoot me an email or do all of them it doesn't matter i'm taking all comers have yourself an awesome awesome thursday one more day to the weekend and i've already thought of a rant to start off the weekend effing review just trying to buy gas it just i got annoyed pretty easily tonight which isn't all that hard to be honest with you by businesses so i've already sort of started ranting in my head got that to look forward to Thank you for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.